Hello and welcome to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. My name is Adam Welcome. I am a educator, speaker, author, director of educational partnerships, father, husband, runner. And I'm Ryan Sheehy. I'm an author, educator, speaker, elementary principal, father, husband. I like to do it all. This is the show where you have questions and we have answers. So next time before the show, if you have questions, tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam Welcome or at Sheehy RW, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next show. Question number one, best advice for a young aspiring admin looking for and interviewing for jobs. Man, this question uh, hits me hits me at the core. I was a pretty young um, admin looking for different jobs. I had applied to probably 20 different jobs. And I think that is the key is really getting your name out there and spreading your message and really who you are. Not every job is going to meet who you are as a person. Not every job is going to be a fit. I remember I interviewed one time for a different school in a school district that was looking for someone who was going to be living at that site, someone who was going to be there all day, all night. And that wasn't me. I was a, I was someone looking for um, a position that I knew could meet my needs and also meet my family needs while I could serve the population there. So my best advice is really getting your name out there, making sure people know who you are and making sure that the job is right for you. Yeah. And I would say a lot of people that want to become administrators in my experience, people reach out to me probably on a weekly basis. It's important to do work inside your school building, but I really feel it's important to kind of branch out on district level, any kind of district committee, people that you can, you can get to know just because the broader your experience, it really helps you not just in the interview process, but really do you want to be an admin? I think that's really important. Um, a lot of people, they just want an admin job, which sometimes there's different circumstances in your life, you know, that you need that admin job or you really want, you want it for certain reasons, but the, the, the match needs to be, it needs to be a good match. I think the first time I interviewed for my first principalship, I had a couple different offers and one of the districts, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like the right fit. So you definitely want to be at a place where, where you are going to be a good match with your skills. And I think also, man, like you need to find a mentor. Uh, having a mentor is so important and that mentor does not even need to be in front of you, not anybody you actually see in person. It can be a virtual mentor. That's why being connected on social media is just so vitally important on so many different levels, just so you can run different ideas back and forth, practice interview questions, and just kind of like really get your name out there. Uh, I know people that have gotten admin jobs on so, for so many different ways, just being connected on Twitter or Instagram and speaking at conferences. And just the more people you know and the broader you can really put yourself, I would say, the better. Question number two, what guidance do you have for change when your school lacks leadership? That's probably a question we get a lot. What do you think? Yeah, man? no, I, I, you know, we hear that kind of that thought and that sentiment a lot because, you know, so many times as educators, we want things to happen and we feel like we can't do it without the leadership in our building um, going along with it. And you got to think change starts small. And so making sure that in your classroom, things are going well, you're looking, you're doing, implementing the change that you want to see as a school and then invite people in too often as educators, 
we are shy and we don't want to showcase the different things that are happening in our classrooms and in our schools, invite people in, invite your superintendent to come in and take a look, invite um, your principal weekly, daily into the classroom. And then often, you know, we get our principals can come in and see it, see what's going on in the classroom, but our grade level teams don't get to see that. And so look for opportunities to talk with the other grade level um, teachers at lunch, after school, on Voxer, whatever it may be, and really look together and see what can you do to make sure that it, the change happens, the change that you wanna see happens. And you, it starts with you. It starts with the leadership that you have in your classroom. Doesn't have to be the principal, doesn't have to be um, the superintendent. You have to remember, education is a team sport. It takes everybody on your team working together to make things happen. I often, um, refer back looking at NASCAR, you look at a pit, a pit crew that goes slow together, then their times leaving the pit, super slow. Pit crews that are working all together and in sync, everybody knows their role, everybody has a job, things happen quick. Those cars get out of the pit quick and change happens. And that's what we wanna see in our schools. I think one, one aspect of this that people underestimate is the simple fact of leaving your, leaving your school and going somewhere else. A lot of people just stay in stay in a district or a school and they think it's going to change. And even when leadership changes, nothing really changes and people become frustrated and they feel isolated and they feel alone and they end up actually wanting to leave the profession, which is like the worst thing. So uh, I second everything that Ryan said. And I would just say one more thing is look around. Is it time to go somewhere else? Because if the majority of people at your school do not want to be innovative and do not want change, even your administrator, maybe it's time to look to go work somewhere else. Yeah. Question number three, what do you predict will be a major change in education with the next, within the next 10 years? <laughs> well, you know, when I looked at this question, man, like 10 years feels like a lifetime. My dad taught second grade for 35 years. And in that time, there was such little change in education. And if you look at the last 10 years that we've been working in education, there's been like just an infinite amount of change. Yeah, for me, I always say, you know, I think that we're gonna focus more on relationships. Not that we're not focusing on relationships right now, but there is such a huge push for technology in education and innovation and doing things differently. And I, I sometimes worry that we're, that we're getting away from what matters most, which is connecting with kids, building their self-confidence. You know, if kids feel, if they have a high level of self-confidence, kids feel that they can do anything. And without that self-confidence, kids aren't gonna be able to think that they can do anything. And kids get there because they have built strong relationships with the adults at their school. So I really feel that relationships is gonna take even a, even a more front and center approach and maybe some of all the technology that we use, it's gonna, it's gonna kind of filter down and a lot of the stuff that we are doing, which maybe doesn't have an amazing amount of impact is actually gonna be taking a, taking a second seat to, uh, to relationships. Yeah, definitely. You know, I always tell people when, when we talk about education, there's three things that matter, relationships, relationships, relationships. But, you know, looking at the next 10 years, um, you know, it's hard to say. I think that um, we're starting to see that foreground, we're seeing the foreground of relationships being brought back um, to where we see as number one priority. However, you know, I think in 10 years, um, our classrooms are gonna look different, you know, and if we wanna stay relevant and within the times and producing students that are good overall people, but also can 
produce um, what we need in society today, our classrooms need to take a, take a different approach. You know, we need to look at projects. Um, we need to look at how are we getting kids to work together. Too often, um, we work in isolation. And when we work in isolation, that's not really producing someone that is going to be able to be on a team later on in life. Um, and yeah, there's jobs out there that, that you need to be by yourself, but most of the time you need to be able to have, you need to be able to interact with other people and you need to be able to have a plan on how you can achieve that. So looking at our classrooms, I think um, physically they're going to look different. I also think that, you know, the way that the way we take courses um, in, in high school and the progression um, might change. We've been doing things the same way for a long time, just because that's what we've always done. And now's the time to question that. And I think that's how it starts is it starts with educators and individuals questioning why things are done a certain way. And when we start looking at that and we really reflect on it, then we can produce the change. So um, I think there's a lot of things that are going to change in education within the next two year, 10 years. And I'm super pumped to be a part of it. So question, man, for you, I am no longer a principal. You are. What do you feel about all this new furniture that is coming into classrooms? The desks look different. You can put together, put them together different ways. And I'm not talking about flexible seating. I think I think flexible seating has a really a really big part in our in our classrooms. But just about this like expensive furniture that I, I see in schools all across the country. Like, what are your thoughts on on that? So, I think I, I think back to I was a physical education teacher, and one of the schools I worked at um, happened to be right next to the district office, and it felt like weekly, and if not weekly, monthly furniture trucks were pulling up to the district office and they were bringing in new furniture and nothing was changing with that new furniture. And I think, you know, if we look at education and we look at how much money we spend on furniture, what are we getting out of it? What's, what's the different productions? And I think, you know, there's a place for organization. There's a place for changing of furniture. And, you know, like you said, flexible seating to produce those, that environment that is more conducive to those collaborative conversations and getting kids to work together. But I think you could do that on a budget. Mm -hmm. I think we spend a lot of money yeah, and we dump a lot of money into that. And then we wonder why we don't have money for other things. So I think we have to be mindful with it. Um, and there's there's a purpose in place sometimes, but doing it too much uh, doesn't make sense to me. Don't change the furniture unless the classroom environment and approach is going to change. Change that first and then see what the furniture can look like. See, that's the funny thing is, cause you see classes that get brand new furniture and you're talking with people right before and everything's gonna change. Kids are gonna learn now. Kids are gonna think, do things different. Test scores are gonna go up. And then in reality, you go back in there and it's still it's still how, we're how we've been teaching for the last 30 years and nothing's changed. All the things, the environment looks different, but what's happening within that environment um, is, is the same. All right, next question. What are you most proud of? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I, I can say that I am, uh, I'm most proud of uh, that I'm raising four children um, the way that I wanna raise them. I think, you know, I look, I look at education and I, there's a lot of things that I'm proud of. Um, you know, I was teacher, uh, vice principal, principal. I've written a book, you know, I've recorded tons of podcasts. I've written tons of blog posts. I've spoken all over the world, but I think what I'm most proud of are my kids. And, you know, we, you walk down our main, uh, office hallway and, you know, we have the word family up on the wall and a picture of every single one of my staff members and their families. 
And to me, that's why we do it. That's why I wake up each and every day. Um, I have four kids, you know, my oldest in middle school, my youngest is a kindergartner and, um, my wife, uh, you know, she stays at home with the kids and she's actually just going back to school. And what I'm most proud of is that we've been able to provide for them and we're able to raise them in an environment that we want to raise them. And they're becoming amazing individuals. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I would say kudos, you know, second to family thing, two kids and an amazing wife. I'm going to go with um, all the people that I just, I've built relationships with from across the country. I'm going to take uh, educational and kind of relationship uh, point of view on this one. Just over the last 10 years, getting to know so many people, building relationships, collaborating, hanging out in person, you know, knowing somebody for like three to four years uh, over social media, over Voxer, and then getting to meet in person. It's just something super special. So with that being said, if, you know, if you're not, everybody can become more connected. Everybody can collaborate and build more relationships and, my challenge to you is just to reach out to people that you don't know, people that are not in your circles and just build relationships with them. I think that's just a really important thing. I second that. I, I've loved getting connected with people and just, you know, we always message back and forth on Twitter and on Voxer, then getting to travel and just meet them and have those in-depth conversation uh, has been awesome. It's been awesome. All right. So question number five. What's one of the most innovative practices you've seen in your career? Well, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Hamish Brewer, who I know, you know, the relentless principal in Virginia. Awesome and, guy. Uh, you know, go back to relationships. Hamish is somebody I've known for quite a few years and I didn't meet in person until just, just last August where I went to go visit his school and we're walking through his, through his campus, a middle school, Fred Lynn middle school. And his office is in an, is in a classroom in the middle of his campus. And Hamish, Hamish says, you know, man, I want to be with the students and I want to be with the teachers, not up in the office. And he is with the people. I mean, he's got skateboardings and he's got art and murals. And just to be able to see it in person, to hang out with Hamish, and just to see that, that kind of different practice, to me was just super fun and innovative and something I've seen mobile desks, people rolling around their desks, you know, from a leadership standpoint. Um, but just to be on campus with the people, man, super awesome, super fun. And uh, yeah, got to give you a shout out, my man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. If you guys haven't checked out Hamish Brewer, you definitely should. He's a great guy. His uh, personality matches what he puts out on social media. Um, awesome guy. Uh, yeah. So innovative practices. I, I have to agree with Adam. I think, you know, we, we look at um, where we were 15, 20 years ago in education and everybody was in silos. Everybody was in their classrooms and people were afraid to go outside and do something different. And that is my big, um, big thing that I love to talk about is doing something different and getting outside and being active with our kids and our students. Um, you know, breaking down the walls. I think Adam uh, started Principles in Action, a group um, PIA dedicated to principals, getting outside, doing something different. We challenged each other each and every day. One of the, the first challenge was uh, to write a slide and take a picture and post it. And doing things like that, that's different. That's innovative. Um, you know, I was presenting last week in Sacramento and I presented on a on topic being an educator in action. And people were like, well, I don't understand. What does that mean? Well, that means that we get outside, outside of our classroom and do things different. We can do it in their classrooms. Typically, you think of a principal sitting in an office space um, working on their computer each and every day. There's no reason that computer can't go with you. 
You know, you can get outside, get into classrooms, interact with kids. Same thing with teachers. You know, um, often we go into the lunchroom and we sit down and what happens in lunchrooms? Negative conversations about kids that shouldn't be happening. Often. That's what I've what I've seen and what I've what I've heard others um, talk about. And why can't you go sit and have lunch with kids? Why can't you sit there? Grab a, grab your lunch. Go sit down. When I was in high school, um, when I was a high school vice principal, one of the big things was um, there was a pickup game of basketball on the blacktop and um, I'd roll up my sleeves and go play. You know, I'm not a very good basketball player, so they loved beating me, but uh, it was it was different. Right. And, you know, relationships come back into it and it's that innovative part. How do you build relationships? What are you doing with kids today to make a difference tomorrow? You know, I think um, looking at those things, I think those are the innovative practices that we've seen. Um, so we are, that was question number five. And so we want to wrap up for the week. Remember, if you have questions, tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam Welcome or at RW, and we will try to answer them um, at the next show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week and be sure to tune in.